today's message is, and we started a little mini uh, series. Pastor actually started it, and I kind of finished it here for him. Um, home for Christmas. It's that time of year. It's Christmas time, right? And for some, you know, they, they get all into the holiday and, and all this. And, and, and the, the, the sad part about is for most, it's just a season. It's just Christmas. It's just another Christmas. I mean, come on. How much more shopping do I need to do? How much more, you know, gifts do I need to buy? For some of us, that is awesome. I like shopping. Anybody like shopping? All right, thank you, some of us. Okay. For the rest of us, it's like, oh, I have to shop, right? But Christmas is not just a season. It's not just a season. It's not just a passing affair. And, you know, it should have staying power, but for most it doesn't. I know for the world it doesn't. They just look at it as getting gifts and things like that and, and the hustle bustle of the season. But we're going to, you know, I want to change that mindset today on Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. Now, I have my little... <laughs> So does anybody know what that represents? Uh, no. Yeah, it's very simple. House. <laughs> I know you want to be deep here today, but let's just say it's a house, okay? <laughs> right? A home. And if you look online and you look at the definition of a home, you, this is something that you'll come across. It'll say, a space used as a permanent residence, providing shelter for an individual, group, or family. And that definition isn't surprising. It's pretty simple, you know, definition relates to our natural understanding, you know, of what a home is. But a home is, that's not really a meaning of a home. Amen? A home is more than a residence or a shelter. A home is a place of dwelling, safety, comfort, a place of sh for sharing, I hope, enjoyment, intimacy, and making lasting memories. And, I, and my hope is that you like going home. Some people don't like going home. Some people don't like being home, right? Because they look at it as just a place. But today I want to change your heart and your mind. And I want to just share with you this thought. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Now, I, I like to think of my home and my children um, a place that they like to be at, they love to be at. As a matter of fact, every Sunday after service, this is uh, our family day. What we do is we um, leave church, we finish up everything, you, know, you guys go home and our family goes, they go change their clothes and we go to my house and we hang out. And that's our thing, and that's family day. Now, sometimes we, whether we cook, whether we buy out, whether whatever happens, we always together on Sundays. So home is where the heart is, okay? Now, Christ become, um, I'm sorry, Christmas becomes a passing season when we neglect that Christ is in it, okay? Christmas becomes a passing season when we neglect that Christ is in it. There was this TED Talk, this lady called, uh, named Je uh, Jenny Kim, and she was having this tech, uh, TED Talk about home. And there were some interesting things that she said. She said this. She said, there, um, home. The, uh, there is an external idea of home, a place, a building, a room, a place where you spend time. There is also an internal sense of home, a feeling, an experience that is beyond the physical. And, inst and instead, it's a place of belonging. 
okay? The two are intimate, um, intimately linked. She ends her talk with these words. Home isn't just what surrounds us. It, it's what's in, oh, I'm sorry. Home isn't just what surrounds us. It's what's within us. Now, some of you are looking at me strange. So this message is for you. Amen. I'm going to give you an invitation today to come home. If we're truly going to appreciate Christmas as more than a season, the truth and hope contained in the coming of Christ into our world must take, must take first place in our hearts. It must take first place. And we must endeavor to permanently remain in the power of this truth. I'm going to draw your attention today to the account of Mary. Everybody know Mary in the Bible? Right? Everybody looks at Mary, Mary, the, the, the mother of God, this saintly woman. This wo and I'm just going to show you today that she was a woman just like you and I. For, us, for those, that are, those of us that are women. Men, she was not like you. Amen. Okay. And she had an encounter with the angel Gabriel. And when she heard of the distinct blessing that was bestowed upon her, as the mother who would usher in the birth of the Savior of the world. Now, obviously, God saw something in her. He chose her. There was something great about to happen. But we can easily miss just some of these, the, these good truths in here if we just, you know, just kind of just bypass the story and don't dig into it a little bit. So let's dig into it. Let's go to Luke 1. 26 through 38, verses 26 to 38, okay? And in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, let's stop right there. If the Lord sends an angel to your room one night or to you, and, and this angel greets you and says, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What would you do? Some of you said, we would run, hide, leave. I mean, you know, you don't, well, what do you do with something like that? Well, Mary was no different. Mary was no different. Here we go. Let me see. Uh, verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And verse 33, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from, um, from God will ever fail. I'm going to say that again. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
In the moment, we find Mary confused, perplexed, full of questions, right? The possibility of her becoming, um, the mo- uh, becoming a mother, first of all, while never even being, you know, she never was even with a man before. That's unbelievable. I mean, we know how things work. Amen? All right. So, and then to complicate that ma- you know, matter's words, she's about to be betrothed to Joseph, right? And then you have the bochinchera down the block that's going to see this. The gossiper down the road is going to hear this, right? And be like, oh, my God, how did that happen? Come on, let's, let's talk about the natural, right? Reality, like people are going to start saying things. And now she's, like, confused. She's like, oh, my God, what, how, what is happening here? And then, then to say, what is she going to say? It's an act of God. Who's going to believe that? You know what I mean? Like, and it is an act of God, amen? Right? And we can relate to her. Can we relate to her, anybody? I'm like, oh, are you like super spiritual that if that happened to you, you'd be like, yes, I, it's me. I have arrived. God has chosen me, right? No, you're going to be like, oh my, how am I going to share this? How, like my family, like how are they going to understand this? So we can relate to Mary in this regard. It doesn't make sense in the natural, right? But the most, the most important point about this, that even if it didn't make sense in the natural, that there was something that God was doing that God wanted to do in and through Mary. He wanted to establish something here on this earth. Luke one thirty three told us the answer. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. See, what God wanted to do was establish his kingdom here on earth. And it took the obedience of this one woman, this obedience of this young, young one, um, woman, so that it can happen. See, the angel spoke of a kingdom, a domain, a government, and a place dwelling that will all begin in Mary. It's more than just her being a virgin and her, you know, the the son of God coming in. A kingdom is a place of, and you can write this down for yourself. I don't think we have it up. You can write this down. A kingdom is a place of protection, provision, and promise. And that's what God offers you in his kingdom, in his home, a place of protection, a place of provision, a, pl- a place of promise that all flow to a people who make their dwelling under the home and banner of the king. See, the story of Christmas invites us to live with an awareness that home is not a house, a shelter, a residence from which we just come and go. Home is the place where our will bows and makes way for the entrance of God into our hearts so that he can remain with us and we can find life with him. See, God wants more than just, and, and, and let, me, let me share this with you. Every single person born in this world has a longing for home. It's why we try to fill our lives with things to fill in the places that only God can fill. It's why people, you know, and and I'm just talking about the underlining root reason. There's so many other reasons and people, and you know, people go to therapy and they go to counseling and they try to figure out, and I'm going to tell you right now, at the root core of it is because you're longing for home. And we try to fill home with people. We try to fill home with things. We are made for community. We are made for each other. See, we are made by God for God. 
It is for his pleasure. And you have an innate longing in you for home. At the end of it all, I mean, I, I went through this with my brother. You guys know that my brother went home to be with the Lord back in July. And in his, his journey, um, at the end of it all, in that hospital room, when the doctors walk in and they said there was nothing else they can do, he didn't ask me for his car. He didn't ask me for his things. He didn't ask me for his, you know, jewelry, his money. You know what he asked? He said, take me home. He wanted home. He said, all I want to do and all I want to be right now is home. I want to be with you home. He said, Annette, take me home. So we all have this pull, this draw. We all have this thing wanting home. But home is more than just the houses we built here. Home is with Christ. And we're longing for that. But then instead, what we do is we start filling it, filling our, our lives, filling our hearts with other things. And then you know, all of a sudden inside, you're still empty. Because the only one that can fill you at home is Christ. See, Jesus is the path to finding your home with God. It's why we have so many people on drugs, so many people um, just, you know, alcoholics, some people, you know, cheating on their marriages, you know, going outside their marital bed and, and trying to fulfill things. We're going to keep it real here. It, it won't be good if I just give you fluff message and you leave here the same. I want to give you truth to set you free. I want to give you the truth of the longing within your heart, of what is it that you desire. So many people run and run and run and run from their lives, and they'll go from this relationship to that relationship, from this state to this state. But let me tell you, the common denominator is still you. Until you don't deal with that thing about home, the longing that you have to be with the Father, for He is your Creator. You have a longing for that. And maybe no one's ever told you that. Maybe you've been running. And listen, it doesn't matter where you've been. What matters today is where you're going. And my hope is that the hearing of this message, that it would change your life, that you would wake up, and that you would see that what you're really longing for is home. There's three things I want to leave you with today is an invitation from home. The first one is the condition of your heart does not change the condition of God's love for you. Mary's response to the angel reveals that though she was chosen of God, she was favored among all women. She was not in the best place within her heart. She questioned it. I mean, what kind of greeting is that? I'm favored? I, me? And, and you see, we don't need to judge Mary because we do the same thing. There are promises in the Bible, and what do we do? We question it the moment something happens, the moment something comes against us. Listen, in this world, you will have trouble. Listen, in this world, not everybody is for you. Not everybody's going to be your friend. And you have to be secure in who you are in Christ, who he created you to be. What happens is if everybody leaves you, 
that you just shrivel up and say, nobody likes me, nobody wants me, nobody. No, you, that's a lie because God likes you and he wants you. He loves you. And even everybody in this whole world turned their back on you. His word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. 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 Go ahead. Give it up for the Lord. Amen. She had questioned in her heart. She had questioned the, the validity of what he was saying. Like, is that true, God? Like, can you say, like, how can you say that about me? It's the same promises. You're blessed to be a blessing, and you question. Well, my bank account don't say that. Well, well are you doing what God's called you to do? Are you operating in the truth of what he said? And even with all her questions and her doubt at that second, that did not stop God from inviting her to find her place in his kingdom, his home. And the same is true for us. Nothing stops you from finding your home in Christ except you. See, the, we blame the enemy for a lot of things. And, the, you know, and, and like I said, he's under our feet. He's a sucker. I don't, la- I don't like him. You shouldn't either. Okay, man. That was a cue to be like, yeah, me too. I don't like him. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> right? But what he does, he does nothing new. He takes a lie and dangles it in front of you. And you either have to take it, take the bait, or you're just going to be like, no, that's not who I am. That is not who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I am a new creature. See, you don't know this, Annette, because you've never seen this, Annette, because this, Annette, is brand new in Christ. Amen? And that's the way you have to think. I remember um, being at a conference a couple of years back, and, and um, as I was there, the, the man, God just you know, spoke to the women there, and, and, and things were going really good. And, but I kept hearing as I was sitting down, and this is just a spirit just giving me insight. The women saying, oh, this was great, but I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back home. I don't want to go back to this. Or, and then I, so the Lord told me to speak on this. And I said, Lord, but I, you know, I'm not the speaker. And, he, and then so I asked permission. They gave me permission. Well, that was it. <laughs> don't give. Pa- and then back then, I wasn't even a pastor yet. Oh, no, I was a pastor to the teens. I was a pastor to the teens, but not to my own church. And um, I went and I shared. And the Lord gave me a vision, a picture of a caterpillar and a butterfly. And he says, the reason why you don't want to go back is so you're still looking at yourself like the caterpillar. See, the work that God has done in you. See, maybe you started off looking like the caterpillar. We look at ourselves and we see, I mean, I don't think anybody has a pictures of a caterpillar on their wall or on their calendars. Like, and I'm talking about the real ugly, like, ugh, slimy ones, right? Right? You don't take, but people put pictures of butterflies. But the image that we have of ourselves is the caterpillar. And here's God wanting you to look at yourself and see yourself as the butterfly. Yes, men, a butterfly. Get over it. It's okay. Just think of it as something beautiful. Amen. (laughs) And yet we still go back and look at ourselves. And here's God's word. He tells us that you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, but you look at yourself like the caterpillar. 
And he's doing a work in you, and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in this inside of you, and he's transforming you, and this is going to last a lifetime because he says his kingdom will never end, and you're still looking at yourself like caterpillar. So the Lord told me to tell the women that day, and, and this is the word that, I, that came forth, it's like, once a caterpillar changes to a butterfly, that butterfly will never be a caterpillar again. It will never be a caterpillar. See, you have to speak to yourself like that. I have been transformed. I will never be what I used to be. I am a new creation. Amen? I am made in the image of my God. See, and it's just like Mary. Mary faced, she was faced with a decision at that moment. Will I give in to my doubts and fears, anxieties that plagued, you know, her heart? Or will I give in to God who loves me and, and favors me despite of my shortcomings? See, I love this story of Mary because we can see that she had some shortcomings. It wasn't like, oh, right, great, yes, I am the servant of the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was like, whoa, what are you saying right now? It's the same thing like I remember when, when the Lord called Pastor and I to, to, to start a ministry. If you think for a moment that wasn't scary, let me tell you, it was scary. We were all gung-ho. Yes, we did it. And then the next morning we sat in our table like, what did we just do? Because two incomes. I, I, I want to paint you a picture. Two incomes. It's like you and your husband's income all of a sudden stops. What do you do with that? Phone the friend, hey, can you lend me like $1,500? What do you do? What do you do when life throws questions, when things happen? What do you do? Right now, Pastor and I, we were supposed to go on a trip. And all of a sudden, he's not feeling good. What do we do? Do we just bend down and cry and that's it? No. We keep moving, we keep going forward. We don't stop because I trust God's plan greater than my plan. Amen? I don't just lay down and die. No, Satan, you can't have this. You will not touch this. We will not stop. Come on. So at that moment, what did we do? We prayed. And we stood on God's word. And we said, okay, well, here we are. We have a church. It didn't look like a church. There was nobody in the church. The church was my house. It was my home. But he said his kingdom will never end. He called us out of the city. He brought us up here with a plan and a purpose so that we can touch many lives for his glory and his honor. So that's all I knew, and that's all I needed to know. See, some of you just want every single detail. You want it all written out for you. You want to know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. No, faith says take the step, and then you'll know. Faith says, take it and trust in the Lord. This is probably pretty scary for Mary, too. When you don't know, like, I'm a virgin, I'm going to have a baby, and, oh, how is this going to happen? But I trust you, Lord. See, our, sometimes our hearts are so bogged down, and they're so plagued with so much stuff that when it comes to God, we can't move, we don't do, we don't dare do what God called us to do. But it's time to let go of those things in your heart. And would you trust him? Your pastor and I, we trusted him. 
He said, okay, God, what happens? Here's our last paycheck. What do you do with that? Oh, I better save every penny. I can't give the church. I can't give anybody. No, that's not what we did. You know what we did? We took $476 and we tithed it. This church started with a tithe. If we were going to believe him, we're going to believe him. Not playing this game. We gave it, we went, and that's how we opened up the first bank account for this church. And then I remember wanting to, you know, because no one teaches you about the backside of, of, the, of the business side of the church. So we knew some stuff, and, but there was this thing that came, and I wanted to go to it. And it, I forgot how much it was. I think it was like $200 each of us. And I was like, okay, well, we don't have that right now. So we're going to tithe. And, Lord, we put this before you. We're just starting this church. I would like to learn some things, and I know you have the money. And I left it like that. And Pastor and I went. We went to the bank, deposited the money, and somebody didn't tell anybody. I'm tell you, still not in the miracle working business today. Somebody came to our home, put an envelope on my door and taped it and said, sewing into your ministry. Do you know how it was exactly to the penny what we needed to go to that conference so that we can learn the backside of the business stuff that we needed to start this church? Don't tell me that we don't have a good father. Oh, you can't see, you can't convince me otherwise. There's no convincing me. You may convince some people, but you're not convincing me because my God is greater and he's proven it to me time and time and time again. When I've seen his hand at work, when I've rocked my babies that were ill in my, in, in my, in my hand and they've recovered, when the enemy tried to take me out, come on, he tried to kill me and but God raised me up out of that bed, Amen. You can't tell me that there's not a God who is for you, that he's, that he's not against you. He is the greater one on the inside of you. And he wants to build his home in you and through you. Ooh. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to verse, verse 30. You say, wake up. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me. All who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So many of you bogged down with things in your heart, occupying your heart. The only thing that should be occupying your heart is the Lord. I want to do something a little, just a few seconds here. Let's just take this scripture. He says, come to me. All you who are labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. 
You know, when he was speaking this scripture, and he was sharing this wisdom, Jesus was, he was speaking to a people that were genuinely, they, they were seeking him, they were seeking God, but they were overwhelmed by the weight and the rule of Rome. Rome was not an easy place, okay? They were overtaxed. They were burdened. They were the rat race trying to, to, to you know, make things happen. Come on. Sounds familiar like today? Listen, nothing's new under the sun. Do you know how many kingdoms have come and kingdoms have fallen? And still it's the same thing? Same old, same old. Come on. And these people were there. And, and, and actually, these people, man, they would reject God and they would kill his prophets. It's like if I would be standing here today, they would come in and they would just kill me for speaking God's word. But despite the ugly track record and the things that, that was happening, Jesus said to them, come to me. Come, all who are labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He wasn't dismayed by their weights and their shortcomings. Instead, he extended an invitation to let those things go so that they can discover rest for their soul. You know what a lot of you need in this room, a lot of you watching? You're playing all these roles. And the Lord wants you to just think about your soul. We let our roles burden us. We let our roles define us. We let our roles tell us how to, where to go, what to do, how far. But it is your soul that the Lord is after. It is your soul that the Lord, he wants to make sure that you're prospering, that you're in health as your soul. And if you're weighed down and heavy in things in your soul, how can you be useful in the kingdom? How can you do what God's called you to do? It's time to let go of those things. So right now, we're just going to do a quick exercise. Because what's the point of me going on to scriptures and teaching and not giving you an opportunity to apply it right now? Because I know you mean well. You said, I'll apply it when I go. But as soon as you walk out the door, sometimes things just go away. But while I have you here right now, what is in your soul? What is bogging you down in allowing you to create a home where Christ is the center of it? Just take a moment. Just close your eyes. Do not fall asleep. Come on. What is, what is occupying your home? And whatever that is right now, release it. Release it right now. He says, come. Come. Let me make a home in you today. Come. Hear the words of Jesus to you. Come to me and let me give you rest. Let me give you rest. Come. Come. Father, whatever is bogging down our hearts right now, we release it to you, Lord. We desire for you to create, to establish the home in us, Lord. 
that your kingdom will last forever. It will never end. That your word will never fail, Lord. And that the work you started in us, you shall complete. We thank you right now that there is rest for our soul. And that we find our home with you, Christ. We thank you right now for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The next thing I want to leave you with is that if all you want is for God to meet your expectations, you'll never see how God wants to exceed them. One of the greatest roadblocks to allowing Christ to truly work in our lives is doubt. Doubt is more than disbelief in God. Doubt is really belief that excludes the possible with God. When that scripture says all things are possible with God, I am telling you right now, I am declaring and serving as a witness that all things are possible with God. If you exclude God, then I don't know. You're on your own. But I'd rather be with God and do things with him than without him. I trust him with everything, my life, my children, my finances, everything. Upon hearing God's plan, Mary doubted at that second. She believed, wow, there's no way, God. And as a result, she could have missed her calling if she had not put her trust in God's plan. Let me share this with you this morning. Don't miss your miracle because it doesn't make sense. Trust God. You think it made sense? We were, we were in a big ministry. We, we were doing what God had called us to do. We were pastors. We were okay. We were, you know, we were, we were, we were good. We were paying our bills and everything. It didn't make sense, but God. But God told us, step out. Step out to what, God? Step out. To what, God? Step out. To what, God? Step out. And when we did, all of a sudden, this big, look, look what has opened up to us. We have favor, not only with God, but with men. People may look inside of here and they think it's a small place, but there's nothing small about church at the bridge. Nothing small. Because we serve a big God. And we've been doing big things for the kingdom of God. And we will continue the dreams that God has given us. They're so huge. If I told you, some of you would be shaking in your boots how big this is. The dreams that God has placed in my heart since I was a young girl. As I, and I didn't understand these dreams as a teenage girl. I didn't understand half of the stuff that God was showing me, but I know he was showing things. There was things he was planting in my heart, things he was putting there because he was establishing a home in me so that we can reach others with the truth of the gospel so that that home can be established in them. It gives no greater honor and pleasure to see you rise up to be the men and women that God created you to be. What honor it is that God chose me, that God chose Pastor Jose. We look at ourselves and sometimes we cry. We cry. We said, but God, us, he chose us to do this. 
You entrust us with your precious people. And I don't, we don't take that lightly at all. We trust in God and we see what he wants to do. It is why we teach kingdom here. It is why we give opportunity for people to serve, for people to use their gifts and talents and serve others and be God's hands and feet because there's many people to reach for the kingdom. So if it meant me giving up a house, if it meant me giving up money, if it meant me giving up, that's nothing in comparison to what my God has done. The lives we have seen, the marriages that we have seen restored, I can't tell you how many marriages my husband has counseled and we have seen restored. How many families have come back together. How many men have started serving here in this house when they wouldn't serve anywhere else. Why? Because they felt the love of God. Because they felt home. Because we're not living for ourselves. We're living for the kingdom of God. We're living to establish his throne here in this, in this earth. They will never end. Amen. Don't miss what God could, what, what, I'm sorry. Don't miss what could be great because it could all be difficult. Just because it's, it, could be, it could be difficult. There are difficult things. There are things that we've had to let go of. Parents, teach your children, train them. Teens, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Young adults, you in college, don't be ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed. I remember being that 14-year-old girl and listening to my pastor back then. And let me tell you, if he said you could jump off a building in a leap of bound, one bound, I would do it. I believe him at his word. I believe God at his word. Parents, teach your children the truth. Stop sugarcoating things. Stop teaching them more about this world and start teaching them about the word. Because if not, they will not be able to stand. It's the charge that I gave these parents, and it's a charge for every single parent. Here we are teaching them about bunnies and, and, and Santas, and there is no Santa. And don't write me because you know it's true. But we teach them these things. We, I never lied to my children. It is a lie. I've never lied to my children. My children could tell you they were the kids that if you didn't want them to know, then don't put them in their class because they'll be like, there is no Santa, kid. Teach them truth. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. Teach them the word. You know, I look in the Bible and I see that they would go to, from home to home and they would sit down and I can imagine the children and everybody sitting together and learning and growing and their parents teaching their, their children. I do that with my grandchildren. We sit down and I teach them the word. My grandson, my grandchildren, they sit here before you all come. And as he, my, my grandson is watching my son playing his father, he now imitates his father and he's imitating him playing 
the drums and he's imitating him worshiping God. And I say, go ahead, David, you worship God because we worship the one and only true God. And when you grow up, you're going to be a worshiper here in this house and you're going to worship God just like daddy and just like your mommy. And you're going to, and I, I watch my grandson, he did the most like extraordinary thing. I know every parent, grandparent thinks that. But I'm telling you, this, this, this really, and it's not because he's my grandson. He watched me one day. I was in the back there in the cafe, and I'm putting stuff away, and he's looking at me. He, had, he hadn't even turned two yet, and he's watching Nani. He calls, they call me Nani. He calls me Nani. He's watching Nani, and he looks, and, and he did the cutest thing. He grabbed the other end. He said, help Nani. Help Nani. And I'm like, he's watching us as servants of God. He's watching us serve. And this one-and-a-half-year-old baby is now picking up helping Nani because she's serving in the house of the Lord. Teach your children the truth of God's word. Don't shy away from it. Parents, stop letting this excuse. Oh, they're not going to want. You sow the seed of God's word. Let God's word have his work in them. The reality is that anything that God calls you to will create complications in other areas of your life because it goes against the natural side of life. In that moment, Mary either had to reject God's plan and stick with the comfort that her plan brought her, or she had to reject her plan and accept the God, that God's plan was better and that he would help through the difficulties that would come with it. This is what John 16, says, everybody. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. The Christian life is not one that is exempt hello. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Like Mary, you and I must take heart. Literally, take our hearts and refocus our beliefs around Jesus because he has overcome the world. Mary's story is still impacting the world today because at the end of it, she took the message of the angel Gabriel to heart. And despite the challenges to come, she made her mind when she declared, I am the Lord's servant. May the word to me be fulfilled. Can you rise to your feet today? He wants to establish his home in your heart. Will you be like Mary this morning? Will you allow the word to be fulfilled in your heart today? Will you open up your heart? Let go of the things you need to let go of. Refocus your life. Will you trust him? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
I am a walking billboard of what God can do when a people dare to believe him. Dare to trust him. Parents, it is time that you trust the, your children and trust the Lord with your children. Teens, it is time that you trust the Lord and go to him. He will direct your path. It is time that we start looking to the author and finisher of our faith. You're longing for home, and home is found in Christ. Would you open up your heart today? Would you open up your life today? Would you allow him to do something so radical in you? Could you see yourself as that butterfly today? For your caterpillar days are gone. And the work he started in you, he shall complete. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.